Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's life. Well, hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. And today we're going to be talking about something that you might well be experiencing uh, which is cravings. And I'm going to be joined here today by Cassie Christopher from Seattle, Washington. And she is a nutritionist, nutrition coach. She can tell us how, how she wants to describe herself in a minute. Um, <laughs> but Cassie, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and, and to talk about uh, emotional eating and cravings. It's a big topic right now. It is. So, Maybe first of all, for our listeners, just tell us a little bit about you, Cassie, and how you got to be doing the work that you are doing. Of course, yeah. I'm a registered dietitian, and so that means I've gone through some uh, schooling that, um, that involves you know, time in hospitals and, and time talking to people about really serious conditions. And one thing that I noticed um, in my early career was you know, people want to make changes for their health, um, but oftentimes what was standing in the way for them was emotional eating. And, you know, I have my own story with that as well, that, um, you know, I also felt held back. And so now I've dedicated my career to helping people uh, have a better relationship with food, to relate to food better, um, so that they get rid of some of that guilt and shame that comes along uh, with, you know, diet culture and, and all the things that are placed on us and, and can really move on to reach their health goals and, and their dreams and, you know, all the fun adventures that we want to go on. That sounds wonderful. I mean, there is an awful lot of guilt around eating, isn't there? There is. And quite frankly, that makes me really sad. Um, you know, eating should be a pleasurable experience. It should be um, something that you get to enjoy. And yet so often when we're eating things we enjoy, um, we feel bad about it. Mm. And, that, and that's sad. I mean, and there's obviously sad that we shouldn't be able to enjoy, you know, an ice cream, a cookie without beating ourselves up about it and thinking we have to do something at times quite extreme to kind of compensate for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's true. And, you know, there's a lot of factors involved in, in why that is um, in terms of, you know, the messages we receive and, and the way we grew up and, you know, the, the things we saw modeled from our parents, but um but, but, you know, what we can do about it is the here and now and in our own um, relationship with food. And I think the first step um, is really to, to be nice to yourself. Um, that's what I always tell people. <laughs> and I really like that message because, because it's the most 
important thing that we're actually being kind to ourselves and we're dialing down our inner critic and the anxiety that that brings and builds and it builds and it builds and can, can create some quite sort of difficult behavior to manage, can't it? Well, it, it can, and, and yet also um, it's part of our biology. You know, uh, when we eat something that tastes good, in, in our brain, in the reward center of our brain, we get that, that dopamine hit of like, yeah, that was good, let's do that again. Um, and, and so, you know, there's, there's that piece, that there's this biological piece, um, you know, and then there's the cultural factors of, you know, my family does this, and so I do it too. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that I like to bring that up because I think it helps people have more self-compassion, that there's biology involved in some of these behaviors. Um, but that doesn't mean that they, you know, can't be overcome. Mm -hmm. And, and I say overcoming, you know, these cravings and this emotional eating, but, um, but I really mean put in, put in a, in a, in a helpful place because, you know, emotional eating involves um, family celebrations, family dinners, like that's emotional eating. And I don't want to get rid of that. And I'm sure you don't either. <laughs> no, definitely not. And it kind of reminds me when you said that about a long, long time ago, I can remember, um, pictures of babies being given different types of, of, of flavors and they kind of their face goes when they get sour or salt they really don't look happy and then you give them the sweet and the little little tongues are out so so we do enjoy certain foods and you're right they are linked to important events i mean birthdays equal cake you know christmas has certain foods and it's not always that it's sugary foods or things they're just they are part of the whole celebrating of being together, aren't they? Yeah, it's true. And, and so, you know, I think recognizing that emotional eating and, and having cravings, these are normal things. Um, they're enjoyable things. It's just, I think, becomes a problem for people when it starts to, as I mentioned earlier, get in the way of reaching other health goals or other things that are important to them. You know, if you want to lower your heart disease risk so that you can, you know, be around for your grandchildren, um, in, engaging in emotional eating all day doesn't help, uh, doesn't help reach that goal. And so that's, um, that's the piece that I like to, to step into and talk about. Yeah. And, and right now we are in a bit of an interesting time, aren't we? Um, you know, with COVID-19 and a lot of us have had a lot of change. I mean, we're, we're literally going from our normal routines to suddenly being trapped in our homes. Um, Talk a little bit, Cassie, about, you know, the impact that that can have on emotional eating. Certainly. And it's not only trapped in homes, but some people are trapped in their home with stockpiles of food, um, <laughs> which lends a really interesting angle from the emotional eating perspective. And, you know, what I'm hearing from people is there are just so many emotions going on right now. Um, I've heard a lot about stress, obviously, as people are having to adapt to new routines, like you mentioned, new um, technologies. And there's um, fear, obviously, of, you know, what's to come of this. Um, a lot of overwhelm. 
as well. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that at the beginning of something like this, we feel a lot of negative emotions and, and maybe some positive ones will start to come later, but mm -hmm. certainly those, those negative emotions, um, or normal, I guess I don't want to label, label them negative, you know, certainly normal, but potentially have more negative impact on our health, um, are really coming to the forefront. And, you know, what stuck out to me from what you mentioned is that lack of routine. Because yeah. oftentimes when we have, you know, we drive into the office or, you know, we get to the office, we um, have our cup of coffee, we start our work. There's this rhythm to life that um, is emotionally comforting and also in, involves routines around eating and, you know, keeping our blood sugar up that we have to find a new balance with all of that. And so, you know, all of that change um, is leading to more emotional eating, more cravings, you know, more of that afternoon sweet or late night yeah. sweet or heck, middle of the morning sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of that now. And, and definitely, I mean, if we feel primal emotions like fear and, and anxiety, I mean, they're very they're very basic emotions in many ways. I mean, they're, they're not good or bad. It's how we react to them. But, but obviously, we then seek comfort um, um, to protect, I mean, protect ourselves. I mean, we're a pretty basic species, aren't we? In that sense, we feel fear. We want to survive. And eating and stocking up, you know, yeah. is, is part of that. And obviously, if we're also getting a bit of a dopamine hit when yeah. times are tough, we're making ourselves feel a little bit better. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's what's going on. And you know, what I hope in your fantastic summary there that people take away is like, is okay, I've been doing this thing. It's not in line with my health goals. And yet I'm seeing that it's normal, that it's natural, that it's primal, if you will. And so hopefully people can take away um, a little self-compassion, you know, for the behavior. Because what I see happen a lot is like, uh, why is this happening to me? Why am I doing this? I have no willpower. Um, and, and in reality, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, in so many ways, it's not your fault. But, but of course, I do have, you know, strategies that I'd be happy to share with um, how to, you know, make things easier on yourself and set yourself up for success to uh, not engage in as much emotional eating. Yeah. I mean, do you think most of the emotional eating is, is geared towards sugar for a lot of people? Yeah, sugar. I mean, um, probably those listening are, have in their mind like, oh, well, my go-to is, you know, chips or, you know, crunchy things, salty things. So, you know, some people are sweet people. Some people are, you know, salty, crunchy mm -hmm. people. Um, I'm a sweet person. So that's probably why <laughs> I, uh, I talk yeah. about the, the sweets. Um, yeah. I love a good cinnamon roll, let me tell you. <laughs> don't we all <laughs> yeah, right yeah, right yeah. or chocolate i mean a lot of people will default to to chocolate and think that and wine but i think white alcohol is a whole different conversation or, yeah but but certainly um but certainly a lot of us will will especially women will certainly be defaulting to to chocolates and and m&ms and all the rest of these things because they're very easy and you sort of pick them up and if you've been like you said stock up shopping you probably bought an awful lot of those I noticed we did I usually ban cookies in this house but I noticed a few had 
crept into the trolley. <laughs> well, and I've heard people say, you know, I'm at the grocery store, all the healthy food seems to be gone, but I need to buy food. So, you know, here yeah. I've got, um, yeah, a, a cart full of, of M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> which are very nice but not very nutritious but well yeah yeah but i mean my question really that cassie as well is if we notice that we're doing that what are some of the first you know steps to sort of helping ourselves to eat more healthily sure you know i would say the the first thing when you notice your emotional eating is to, you know, throw your arms up and say, yay, because noticing that you're doing it, um, is, is, is wonderful. I mean, how many times do we just mindlessly reach for something and we don't notice it? And, mm -hmm. and if obviously if you're not noticing it, then it's harder to, to intervene. So, you know, first step, celebrate that you noticed it. Second step, remember that it's, um, you know, normal and, and you can be nice to yourself about it. And then if you want to intervene and you don't want to emotional eat, emotionally eat, there are several things you can do. And in the moment, so I've got some strategies that are both in the moment when you're wanting to do it, you're wanting to reach for something, and then more um, kind of preventative strategies you can think of them that way. So, in the moment, um, it, it's really about tuning into your body uh, and tuning in and asking yourself, you know, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Um, is there hunger involved? Uh, you know, sometimes we are hungry and we are emotional and, you know, those two coalesce um, into some of our decisions. Sometimes we're not hungry and um, it can be helpful to describe what hunger, like that physiologic in your body hunger feels like. And that tends to be the more, you know, below the chest, in the stomach, maybe even a little shaky, jittery, the stomach's mm -hmm. rumbling, low energy. Um, that means, okay, maybe time to go grab a balanced snack first. Try that. Yeah. Uh, and then the second piece to lean into there are the emotions. So, you know, mm -hmm. if you're stressed, if you're fearful, if you're overwhelmed, how do you handle that normally? Um, you know, some people may not have a lot of coping mechanisms mm. um, outside of food. And, you know, if, if that's you, then that, this is a time to, uh, to, I guess, what a great opportunity, you know, I say with, with a question mark <laughs> on my face, yes. to, um, to learn how to cope. And so, mm. you know, stress, fear, overwhelm, what can you do? Can you you know, go for a walk? Can you pet your animal? Can you call a loved one? Um, how can you care for yourself in that moment? That's, you know, one of the first things to do with checking in. Yeah. And I really like that because that's that moment of stopping and just checking. Um, I wonder sometimes, or I've heard, should I say quite a lot that sometimes we eat when we're actually thirsty, you know, and, and that I know that a lot of women are drinking an awful lot less water than they should. So is if you're feeling like eating, is having a glass of water a, a good substitute as well? You know, I think it is a great way to support yourself, but I wouldn't go as far as calling it a substitute. Mm -hmm. um, because I think mentally, if you want a chocolate chip cookie and you tell yourself, here, have this glass of water instead, <laughs> um, you know, that's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit mean, but it... <laughs> I'm not that mean so, to myself. 
<laughs> well, well, and you know, and maybe you say, I don't want the cookie. You know, I think there are nicer thought patterns around it to say, hey, that cookie is actually going to make me tired after I eat it. It's yeah. not very nourishing. No. You know, I, 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 I can't be tired this afternoon. I've got things I need to do, but this yeah. of water is going to make me feel better. It's going to give me more energy. Um, so that thought process, I definitely, you know, feel yes. like uh, is nice, but yes. that also speaks to, you know, some of what's going on when you check in with yourself is checking in also with your thoughts, you know, and your thought patterns around the changes you're making. And, um, you know, one thing I often say to people when we're talking about their thoughts is, would you say that to your best friend? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's very true of lots of our thoughts. We wouldn't yeah. talk to other people like that, would we? We would never say ugly words to other people. Or we wouldn't very often. But I mean, that's not the thing you say to someone that you love and care about like a best friend, does it? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you're feeling, you know, some of these difficult emotions that you're needing to, to cope with, um, in a, you know, a worldwide history, difficult time, right? Mm. Um, heaping some mean thoughts on top of yourself uh, is, is only going to make emotional eating, quite frankly, worse, you know, so um, being yeah. nice to yourself. And actually, there's a lot of really wonderful research um, on the uh, uh, impacts of self-compassion and um, and even as a strategy for health behavior change, which is so exciting to me, um, that you can make a change uh, while being nice to yourself and it works, you know, just as well, um, maybe if not better as if you were mean to yourself about it. So why not be nice? <laughs> why not be nice? Well, it, it's just a, such a nice to be kind to yourself mm -hmm. and, and to actually treat yourself with compassion with kindness and and I, I often think that a lot of women are not very well versed in how to do that you know it's not our default position for many of us you know it's more to beat yourself up and tell yourself mean stuff so you know anything that helps to reverse that of course is is good not just from a, an eating perspective but it's actually good from a whole person perspective yeah, and I think, again, people come by being mean to themselves honestly in the sense that, especially around food and eating and health behavior change, because often, you know, there's, uh, it, it usually health behavior change for a lot of women comes up in the form of weight loss. And yeah. in the weight loss industry, um, if some, if the diet doesn't work, or if you don't lose the 50 pounds in however amount of time, or um, the person that's blamed for that isn't the diet or the program or the supplement or this, that, or the other. The person that's blamed for that is the woman who tried it. Um, and that is so wildly unfair, right? Because, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that's unfair, but just for that to be the default, you know, that if you weren't able to lose weight on this program, it's your fault. You didn't try hard enough. You didn't have enough willpower. It has nothing to do with whether the plan is followable <laughs> right? no, or, or whether it's actually right for you and your right. metabolism and the situation that you find yourself in. I mean, some of them are set very high bars. I think that when I look at them as a person who is quite disciplined, I'm like, 
oh, I don't want to eat this way. I mean, um, and they are counterintuitive at times. It's true. And, and so, you know, that brings me to some of those prevention pieces that people can follow um, to help decrease some of the emotional eating. And the one thing that really will make a huge difference is to eat balanced meals regularly. And that is also another thing that's been thrown up, you know, into um, just made more difficult is another way to say that um, because of routines changing. So, and what I like to recommend is for optimal blood sugar balance, because here's what happens when blood sugar um, goes down into what's called hypoglycemia, and that especially happens uh, after you spike, then it's likely to go back down. And that sugar spike can come from some you know, higher sugar foods, more processed foods are more likely to bring that spike, like the M&Ms. Bummer. (laughs) And so shortly after having those M&Ms, actually about two hours after, you might find yourself feeling tired. And that's that blood sugar crash, that tiredness, that uh, actually what happens is when your blood sugar goes low, the fight or flight stress hormone cortisol gets uh, activated. And so then your body is, is feeling stressed. So on top of all of this, if you're not eating balanced meals regularly, and it's about every four hours um, is what I recommend for some protein and, and fibrous foods. It doesn't have to be a lot, right? It could be a snack. But about every four hours is going to keep your blood sugar stable. It's going to keep it from that crash that I mentioned that ends up triggering more stress hormones. We don't need that. (laughs) We need less of the stress hormones. Yeah, and definitely at this time, I think people are already feeling a heightened level of stress. We don't need to be adding to that situation. Exactly. And so, you know, Again, on the one hand, understanding that on a hormonal level, you may be experiencing more stress. And the thing about cortisol is um, research shows that when people have higher levels of stress, they reach for, we didn't need research to know this, but it's proven, um, unhealthy foods, right? Higher fat, higher sugar foods. And I bet each and every one of us could have said, yeah, we know that. (laughs) Um, and so you get, you get the self-compassion piece in knowing, um, yeah, that this stress is leading to more of these cravings and yet you can help balance it out by eating balanced meals regularly. Yeah. And I think when you do that, then you're obviously able to main, to maintain your cortisol levels. And if you can practice other stress management strategies, you're obviously lowering your cortisol and you're helping to manage um, the cravings still further. I mean, I mean, cortisol is a very, I mean, it's necessary. And, and I think we realize that it has a role to play in the body and energizing us, but in excess, it's, it's role in interfering with other more positive hormones is really quite um, significant. Yeah, you know, and another thing that women tend to be um, fretting over in many instances is belly fat, for instance. And, you know, what does cortisol do but 
helps to add that, uh, that extra energy to, to our bellies. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a, like you say, it's a persnickety hormone that um, is doing a lot and you can help balance it. And you mentioned stress management strategies. Certainly, you know, there are so many things and each person maybe has an idea about what works for them. But, you know, I want to recognize like in this stressful time, you know, unprecedented, you're probably going to emotionally eat. And so when you do another prevention strategy, you know, for further emotional eating is to enjoy what you're eating, is to eat it mindfully, pay attention to it, give yourself permission, you know, to be in that moment and, and to enjoy the food. And what that's gonna do is you're gonna get that dopamine hit that we mentioned earlier, yeah. feeling that reward pathway. Um, so you're gonna get the benefit to your emotions from eating. Um, and, and so maybe that's gonna help, you know, to cope with some of those emotions. Um, in a, in a better way than if you did it with feelings of guilt and shame and, you know, just being upset about what you're doing. Yeah. And it makes it, me think that this is almost a time when you want to be cooking nice food for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you have cooking skills, then those are some of the things you, you want to be doing is saying, well, what are some of my favorite, but simple recipes that are healthy? Can I can I make some of those? I think the other day here I had a, a chicken and mushroom uh, casserole thing and, and everybody in my family went, oh, that was delicious. We need more of that. And yeah. so those sort of things we can do as well, especially if we're not commuting, we can maybe use that time to do that. But of course there are people, aren't there, Cassie, that have relied a lot on takeaways and that's their default. I mean, that creates in itself a few issues now because suddenly if you don't have skills to prepare food, where does that, where does that kind of leave you? Yeah. You know, on the one hand, it's an opportunity to learn some skills, you know, to, to pull up a, a YouTube video or, um, the, you know, whatever your cooking resource of choice is and, uh, and get in the kitchen and get creative. That's one opportunity. Yeah. But the, you know, the other side of that is to, you know, learn some quick, healthy, balancing meals and snacks. You know, some things that many people have access to, even if you're not a cook, protein-wise are things like hard-boiled eggs, you know, canned fish, like canned tuna, canned sardines, um, a handful of nuts, a yeah. can of beans, like those don't require any cooking. No. And you can pair that with some veggies, some fruit, and, and actually have a pretty balanced, pretty healthy meal um, without a lot of effort. Yeah. One of my favorite things is that has been, and I say this, is things like broccoli, mushrooms, brown rice. And then I used to throw in a little handful of feta cheese and I just got, that is my favorite dinner. And it sounds like people used to roll their eyes when I said that, but actually, you can buy like pre-cooked rice I mean, you know, in, a, in a pouch and it, that meal takes five minutes to make, but it has a lot of the components of a healthy meal or a tuna salad, you know, with some, well, whatever man, whatever dressing or whatever you like, maybe, right. maybe not. But um, those sort of things are pretty easy, aren't they? They are. And, and I think it's, um, it's a myth, you know, that it, 
takes being a, a world-renowned chef to eat healthily. Um, people can can make things work for them. And, you know, that leads me to another piece of prevention, especially as people are at home, um, is to make the healthy choice the easy one. Um, especially in stressed out times, it's so much easier to, you know, open a bag of something. Like, you know, we're talking about these convenience meals, open a bag of, you know, potato chips or what have you than it is to maybe make a whole meal. And so if you can make meals ahead of time, if you know that that's something that's hard for you, or you can plan to have a healthy snack at a, at a time when you usually want emotional meals, um, putting that rhythm of health and sustenance and you know, nurturing your body into your day, especially as your schedule may be changed, mm. um, is gonna set you up for success and honestly, when people eat every four hours and they have protein and they have fiber, you know, as I've been talking about, um, people feel like they have so much energy. It's really <laughs> incredible. It's kind of like a, a life hack, you know, for, for lack of a buzzword. Yeah, there. that's a great way to describe that. I mean, you've mentioned healthy snacks a few times, Kathy. Just for the listeners, what, what would you describe as some examples of healthy snacks beyond just fruit? Yeah. Yeah, so actually exactly what I had mentioned for maybe some meal ideas, same thing for healthy snacks. So that protein and that fiber. So if you like fruit, pair it with some protein like some nuts or some peanut butter. Mm. Um, pair, you know, get your fiber in from hummus, get your uh, raw veggies in as well. That's going to give you fiber. And then those easy protein sources, like I mentioned, things like, you know, um, yeah, fish and, and uh, like you can get it canned if you want or leftover meat yeah. or um, nuts and seeds and beans and you know tofu. Um, Hot really, pot eggs you mentioned as well. Exactly. Yeah, eggs, yeah. I mean eggs. that's the quintessential quintessential easy snack, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes like you put it in water, boil it for about 10 or 15 minutes and there you are. And you can make several of them in advance, can't you? You can cook like four of them and put them in the fridge and just enjoy them. Well, and here in the US, as convenience is king, you can even buy pre- boiled hard-boiled eggs oh my god <laughs> that's pretty convenient i'm not, not i'm not with that one but you know for those of you that really can't boil an egg <laughs> you know what you'd be surprised how well they sell and it's just like okay but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are options out there is definitely the moral of the story <laughs> But I love that. I mean, so I just think those those are great tips and things like eating every four hours, simple snacks, very simple meals, start to learn and enjoy cooking seem to me and, and being kind to yourself. Feel, feel to me like some of the key things that you've really mentioned there, Cassie. Exactly. I mean, that's... I hope to have given, you know, through this conversation, in, a, in addition to all of those um, pieces, helping people understand that emotional eating is normal and, you know, your body's wired in many ways to do it. And so I think that helps with that be nice to yourself piece. Yeah. And don't go on a diet at this time. No, <laughs> no. you're just setting yourself up for failure. I, I there's no yeah. other way to say it. <laughs> Maybe it's too blunt, but that's it. 
No, and I think probably a lot of people may be thinking that, but yeah, great, don't do it. Just follow good, basic eating plans and be kind to yourself. Oh, the dog, <laughs> she's, she's gone barking. She's <laughs> she, hungry too. She's hungry too. She's, well, she eats too many chewy snacks, <laughs> but they're only chewy things. <laughs> and they keep her pretty quiet. <laughs> it's been great, and I really value the things you've said because they're so accessible and easy for women to do so where can people find out more about your work and get in contact with you if they're looking for more help yeah so i have put together a free guide to help people cut emotional eating in half by balancing their blood sugar and that's exactly what we've been talking about with more ideas around exactly what foods to eat and how often to eat them and why and people can get that at cassiechristopher.net forward slash free. So um, cassiechristopher.net forward slash free. They say it again and again in radio ads. I think I should too, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> to get that guy. That's wonderful. Cassie, thank you so much for coming on the Menopause Project and sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. And I hope that your listeners out there, you've really gained some practical things and to know that, yes, reaching for the chocolate bar in difficult times is normal. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you found that a very, very inspiring talk. I know that I did. And I feel so much better about those times when I eat emotionally, like I'm doing right now when I'm feeling quite stressed and also a little bit bored. And remember, treat yourself with compassion. Next week, join me for an absolute treat of an interview where I talk with Reverend Cherie Taylor-Jones on how menopause can be a positive journey towards the divine feminine. Absolutely wonderful, inspiring and uplifting. If you're a woman who's going through perimenopause and you're struggling, please reach out to me at clarissachristiansen.com. I am here to help you thrive through menopause. Until next time, go well. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.